Hello, this is Steve Bailey welcoming my fellow Popeye fans to episode 9 of Blow Me Down, a Fleischer Popeye podcast. Now, I noticed the last episode that I did barely lasted five minutes. It's not my intention to make these as short as possible. Uh, I don't want to drone on and on about these wonderful cartoons. But I would like to make them a little more uh, lengthy and uh, catchy, I guess. So for this episode, I thought I would cover the three uh, Popeye cartoons that the Fleischer Brothers did in color. uh, Colored specials, they called them. And so, of course, I will begin with, from 1936, Popeye the Sailor meets Sinbad the Sailor. Now, forgive my digression, but one of the nicest memories of my marriage has been taking my, was taking my wife, ordinarily not a cartoon fan, to see the Disney cartoon Beauty and the Beast when it was first released in 1991. Within five minutes, she had her ha- arms clasped across the seat in front of her, staring starry-eyed at the screen. She later told me that the movie made her feel like a kid again. Well, I got the same effect watching Popeye the Sailor meets Sinbad the Sailor. It looks and plays like a children's storybook come to life. That's not to say that it at all sacrifices the characterizations we have loved up to this point. Popeye is still blustery but well-meaning. Olive Oil is in her finest damsel in distress mode. Wimpy remains single-minded in his pursuit of food. And Bluto is, well, he's still Bluto, if not by name. Here, Bluto serves as the titular villain. Sinbad the Sailor. He is afraid of nothing and nobody, and he introduces himself with an elaborate song in which he claims that he doesn't like to brag, and then he has a fine time doing so. Into Sinbad's milieu sail Popeye, Olive, and Wimpy, and Sinbad catches sight of them in his telescope, which has the remarkable ability to zoom in on a close-up of olive oil's legs, if that's your idea of a good time. Sinbad sends one of his island's domesticated monsters, a huge bird, to destroy Popeye's ship and capture Olive for Sinbad. You can easily guess which sailor is going to win this whizzing contest, but it's not the destination that's so delightful in this movie as it is the little detours along the way. The cartoon's first minute or so, which introduces us to the nasty animals that Sinbad has turned into pets, and immediately launches us into a fairy tale otherworld as does the cave through which Popeye saunters to find Olive, another eye-popping 3D landscape courtesy of the Fleischers. And as comic punctuation, there's the lovely running gag of Wimpy holding a meat grinder and following a wayward duck around the island in the hopes of gruesomely scoring his next meal. This cartoon isn't as all-out funny as most Popeye entries, but the exotic setting and the eye-bathing colors more than make up for that. Watching this cartoon, you'll be too busy keeping from swooning with childlike glee to laugh anyway. Uh, This cartoon is a delightful and groundbreaking precursor to the fantasy world of Walt Disney's Snow White, released one year later. Nearly 70 years after its making, Popeye the Sailor meets Sinbad the Sailor, was chosen for preservation in 2004 by the National Film Registry, whose membership is obviously made up of a number of kids at heart. If you are a regular listener to this blog, you know that I rate each cartoon on the scale of one to four spinach cans. This one easily rates four. Then we go on to, from 1937, Popeye the Sailor meets Alibaba's 40 Thieves. Popeye the Sailor meets Alibaba's 40 Thieves. 
this cartoon, or at least one year almost to the day after the success of Popeye's previous color landmark, is perhaps a teeny notch down from its predecessor, just as the Marx Brothers movie A Day at the Races is a tad paler sequel to A Night at the Opera. But in each case, the good stuff in either movie is so good, must we quibble? In any case, when that credit cave door opens and the swanky theme music starts, I admit I'm suckered in every time. Naturally, the movie starts with Alibaba, Bluto, typecast again, singing a song. This one about how he and the, his thieves are tough, rather than how he tamed a bunch of hyper monsters. Having a bunch of braggarts sing is a bit new kids on the block hanging tough compared to singing about the wild animals you've conquered, so Bluto automatically starts off a bit lagging here. Instead of Popeye sailing on a generic ship, here he starts off with a slightly topical reference as a soldier in the Coast Guard station. Typical of the Fleischers' attention to detail, they even show the sun gleaming, gleaming off Popeye's bald head. Wimpy sits about a, a spruce goose-like contraption that Popeye launches upon getting word of Alibaba's shenanigans. Olive oil comes along for the ride, and the goose literally bounces all over the globe before crashing in the Middle East. The trio trapes through the desert, encountering some anachronistic gags predating the style of Bugs Bunny's 1955 cartoon Sahara Hair. Like Bugs, Wimpy sees a very elaborate mirage, in this case a table laden with food. Eventually Olive collapses, but not before Popeye briefly pops her, props her up like a camel, and Wimpy collapses as well. Popeye threads himself and the other two together as a makeshift tire and rolls into town. They enter a cafe, and one of the few outright racist gags of the movie occurs when Popeye is handed a menu in Arabic, which of course he can't read, until it is pieced together as a jigsaw puzzle into English. But Jack Mercer's chattering here and elsewhere in the movie is terrific. Popeye and Olive hear a radio broadcast in which the announcer warns of Alibaba's arrival by reiterating Ali's theme song. Like Alibaba needed product placement? Everyone and everything goes into hiding. A clock hides its hands away even, including the radio after it has finished its announcement. Alibaba's gang enters and leaves so quickly they're literally just a blur on the screen. Popeye slows down Alibaba long enough to try to fight with him, but Ollie hangs Popeye from the ceiling as a chandelier and makes off with Olive and Wimpy. Popeye escapes and fuels up a camel, as though it's a car, to catch the gang. Ollie and his crew enter and close their cave, but Popeye uses his pipe as a blowtorch to cut open an entrance. The cave, like that in Sinbad the Sailor, is another 3D delight for the eyes. In the cave, Popeye finds Olive, forced to do the thieves' laundry, and Wimpy, chained up just beyond reach of Ali's huge meal, though of course he manages a few steals. Gotta love Ali's guttural sounds when he eats, too. He makes Wimpy look like a model of etiquette. Alibaba catches Popeye and throws him to the thieves, who pass him around like a wiffle ball, and then dangle him just above a man-eating shark. In the nick of time, surprise, Popeye remembers his spinach can and tells it to open says me. In a series of extremely satisfying gags, Popeye subdues Ali and his thieves and has them lead a victory parade for himself and his pals. Now, this might be a strange complaint for a Popeye cartoon, but my only problem with this movie is that it is perhaps too gaggy. I like the straight-faced straight fairy tale style of Sinbad the Sailor a little better. This movie's sometimes peculiar jokiness seems to pave the way for the irony-laden CGI cartoons of the 2000s. That said, it's still a delightful cartoon on all counts. And for this one, on a scale of one to four, I give it three and a half spinach cans. And finally, from 1939, we have Aladdin and His Wonderful Lamp.
In this movie, Olive Oil is a story writer at the Surprise Pictures Studio, where she concocts her own version of the famed Aladdin story. Here, Popeye is Aladdin, a junk shop worker who is at first tricked by an oily villain, what, no Bluto, into procuring the special lamp, but ends up reaping its benefits himself. For me, at least, this is easily the least of the Popeye trio of color features. The cartoon lacks the eye-popping splendor of Sinbad the Sailor and the humor and pacing of Alibaba. Although the cartoon is obviously done on a far bigger scale than the black and white shorts, the animation seems a bit stilted. Most of all, the story seems lackadaisical, as if the actors are going through the, emo are going through the motions. Popeye is too savvy to be convincing as a naive street urchin, and when he inadvertently coaxes the genie out of the lamp, he doesn't seem any more awed by him than he usually is by Wimpy or Bluto. That's not surprising either, considering how fey the genie comes off. To me, the Looney Tunes fellows at Warner Brothers had a lot more fun with this concept in the 1949 Bugs Bunny cartoon, A Lad in His Lamp, and in half the length of this Ballyhooed feature. And don't even get me started on the 1992 Disney version, where Robin Williams has a field day compared to Jack Mercer's half-baked mutterings here. Call me a spoiled brat, but this is one bedtime story I'm not dying to hear again. Hey, Olive, time for a rewrite. This one gets two and a half out of four spinach cans. So that is my take on the color Fleischer cartoons. Uh, I hope you will seek them out, especially the first two. As I say occasionally, I cannot state categorically, but if you look online closely enough, I think you will find them for free viewing. Let me close, as I always do, with my blatant personal plugs. I have a Facebook page, if you would like to join it, named Salty Steve's Popeye Page. Look for me there on Facebook. If you would like to email me about anything regarding this podcast, be it uh, good, bad, or neutral, I welcome all commentary. Please email me at PopeyePodcast at Outlook.com. And lastly, let me please plug a couple of uh, other podcasts that I do. I have recently completed a podcast on the films of Laurel and Hardy. You can find that at Anchor.fm under the title Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. And I am in the midst of working on one on the films of Charlie Chaplin, another of my comedy idols. You can find that one also at Anchor.fm under the title Laughing Gas, a Charlie Chaplin podcast. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I welcome you. I hope you will hit the subscribe button and keep on listening. There are many more episodes to come. And I thank you for listening this time. Until next time, this is Steve Bailey saying... <laughs>